Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, this morning, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to begin our series on the seven end time events. I want to be clear on something. There's a difference between the last days and the end times, between the last days and the end times. I have a graph here for you or a chart that I want to show you that we're going to be working, working from. Um, the, from the time of Pentecost till now is considered the church age. This is the 2,000 years that we're in now, but it's also considered the last days. So when the scriptures tell us that in the last days there will be, it's talking about those last days. We get mixed up sometimes by relating the last days to the end times. The end times that we're going to talk about are literally the last events, the seven end time events, okay, uh, which we'll look at begins with the rapture. So when the Bible says last days, it's that church age. It's 2,000 years so far. We don't know how long it's going to be because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. What we're going to talk about is the end times, all right? Now, I know that's difficult sometimes to process because we use the words interchangeably. But I don't want you to get confused when you read Scripture when it says, in the last days, it's talking about that church age. What we're going to be talking about is beginning with the rapture and then seven events that are going to occur, including the rapture, and, the, the, and then the culmination of everything, the completion of everything, which is a new heaven and a new earth. So for the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at these seven end times events, some of which I'm going to repeat myself today just because there's, there's so much information, but there are some key points that I want you to get. I was talking with Pastor Joe this week and saying sometimes as a preacher, when you're, you're looking at a passage that's maybe a little obscure, there's not as much information, it's actually easier. This week, I had so much material and have done so much reading over the past few weeks that eventually I just stopped because I knew that it would just be too much. And he gave a great analogy. He said, it's like taking a sip of water from a fire hose. That's what it's like. There's like a fire hose of material that we could talk about on each of these subjects, but uh, we don't have time or this really isn't the place for it. Let me mention while I'm thinking about it, this coming Wednesday, we're going to look at more depth of why we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. I'm going to cover a couple points this morning, but Wednesday, we'll just have more time. On Wednesdays, we have discussion. It's a little more informal, okay? So that's Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the social hall. Uh, more reasons why we're pre-tribulation rapture. So what we have here, the present age, the rapture of the church, the seven years of tribulation, the return of Christ the millennial reign of Christ, the final judgment, and the eternal, the eternal state. The rapture of the church, the word rapture literally means to be caught up. And our verse for the day was, was where we get that from. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, uh, the trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. So if we're still alive when Jesus comes for us, that's the rapture. We'll be caught up together with him, caught up together with him, together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
and so we will be with the Lord forever. And again, therefore encourage each other with these words. Again, the rapture is not something to be feared if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, then yes, it is something to be feared because it ushers in seven years of God's wrath being poured out on this world. And in some ways, when we get to it, those seven years are going to be a culmination of humanity doing what we've wanted to do. And there are natural consequences that are going to occur during those seven years of tribulation because humanity has established themselves as God instead of living under the authority of the true God. When we give up the authority of the divine, humanity in a sense, when governments give up the authority of the divine, we do not become more humane, we become more demonic. See? And so we're going to look at all of these, these things uh, that are going on here. I'm going to have to stick to my notes as closely as possible because I can just go crazy on all of this, this stuff. But for the believer, it's something that we look forward to. Paul writes to Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul wrote. The end of Paul's life was martyrdom. He knew that he didn't have much time left. He knew, he even, you know, wrote in the same uh, time period, I've run the race, you know. Uh, he knew that his time was coming. So look what he writes in 2 Timothy 4.8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but here's this phrase, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I would imagine that if you're a believer in our day, we long for Christ's appearing. Every time we see the news or we hear what's going on and all of the strife that's going on in our world today, we say this, even so, Lord Jesus, come. That's the end of the Bible, even so in Revelation, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Come and take care of everything that's going wrong, and, and he is going to do that. And so we long for his, his appearing. Now, the assemblies of God, of which we are a part, and, which, and I believe this personally myself, we believe in what's called the pre-tribulation rapture. Okay. Now, watch this. There are some doctrines that make us Christian, that in order to be a Christian, we hold to these doctrines. Now watch. These are closed fist issues, not angry fists, just closed. Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the son of God. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day. He's coming back again. These are closed fist issues. That's what makes us believers. There are open-handed issues. Open-handed issues would be... Um, uh, water baptism by immersion or sprinkling or some infant baptism. You know, believers can believe they have differences in that. And one of the open hand things in, as it relates to the tribulation is pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation. Have you heard those terms? Okay. And then there are others that get into the millennial and amillennialism and post-millennial. We're not really even going to look at those. Okay, that is a little beyond the scope of, of what we can handle, uh, what I can handle, not you, but me, because I don't even understand some of their thought patterns in it. It becomes allegorical. I'll throw this out to you. We have to be careful in taking too much of Scripture allegorically 
because what it means, it takes out the literal. There are people that I remember studying that believe Adam and Eve weren't real people. They were an allegory of humanity. I actually believe that Adam and Eve were real because where does it end? I believe Noah was real. I believe there was a real flood and a real ark, which I thought we were going to need this week, uh, actually. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I believe, you know, all of that, that Jesus literally came in a, so be careful with teaching that becomes too allegorical. Okay. So, but this open-handed issue of pre, mid, and post, pre believes, and this is what we believe is the assemblies. This is what I believe personally, in that we're going to be raptured pre before the tribulation. Others believe that we'll be raptured in the middle of the tribulation and others believe post that will be delivered and raptured at the end of the tribulation. Our focus of attention is going to be on what we believe. Now watch this. There are born-again Christians that believe differently than we do. That's why we discuss, but we don't divide. See, we discuss, but we don't divide over these issues. If you don't believe the Bible is the word of God or that Jesus is the only son of God that died on the cross, rose again, well... We're going to have some division there because we just can't go there. But these other open-hand issues we can discuss, but we're not going to divide over. And in some settings, it's actually fun to discuss, and it's actually good to find out what other people believe. It's good for us. But our focus of attention on Sunday mornings is going to be on the pre-tribulation rapture. We believe that the church will be removed before the tribulation, the tribulation is when God pours out his wrath on humanity and on the earth for establishing ourselves as God and worshiping other gods. In the Old Testament, Israel was always punished for worshiping other gods. That was the big issue, right? Idolatry, that was the big issue. I think I'm going to preach on the book of Revelation in 2021, Okay, that seems like a long way off, but it's actually not. I've been re-listening and re-reading some material, and it's starting to stir in my heart again. This, won't, this seven weeks is not going to be on the book of Revelation. It's going to be on the end time events, but I might do a series. I probably will in 2021 uh, if the rapture doesn't come, and even so, Lord Jesus, come, because then it won't matter. We'll know. We'll know. But we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. The tribulation was when God pours out his wrath on earth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4 is where we got our theme text. 5 is also talking about the return of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. Let me mention this as well. Honestly, I'm going to try to stick as closely as I can. But if you want the notes from this Sunday morning where I have all the scriptures, all the charts, just email us at godgivesyouhope at gmail.com and we will send them to you. So you'll have everything. It's going to be hard to keep up. I, I get that. But you'll have everything. All you have to do is email us, godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. You'll get my notes. They're unedited. There'll be misspelled words. They're just thoughts that I preach from. But every scripture and chart will be there for you. You can look it over, use it devotionally. Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died so that whether we are awake or asleep, dead or alive, 
or alive or dead, we may live together with him. God's purpose is not for us to suffer wrath because Jesus took the wrath of God upon himself on the cross. So when we accept Jesus, we receive all the benefits of Christ's death. And one of the benefits of, one of the greatest benefits of Christ's death is God's wrath is no longer upon us and we never have to fear that God is against us. You've got to catch this for life or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna lose track. You're going to get off track. If, if you think that what's happening to you in your life, whatever trouble, trial, or tear you're facing now is because you've done something wrong and God is against you, you're missing it. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God is not against you and he will never be against you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God, Romans 8 teaches us. And so we are going to be spared the wrath of God because Jesus received the wrath of God upon himself so that we as believers don't have to fear God's wrath. That's good news. That's good news. Therefore, in verse 11 of this passage, encourage one another. Do you see how the passages we're using that always says, get this truth in your mind and in your heart and then encourage others in that. Whatever you're facing, I want to encourage you. God's not against you. He's for you. He's not the cause of this, but he'll, he'll help you through it. He, he, he'll walk with you through difficult times. He'll walk with you. He doesn't always spare us on this side of things, trials, troubles, and tears, and sufferings, and sacrifices. But what he promises to do is that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with us. That's good news. Encourage one another. We believe uh, as well, the second reason, first reason we believe in pre-tribulation is that we're not appointed for wrath. Second reason is that we believe that Jesus could come back at any time. You probably all believe that. Without any Bible school or seminary background, if you just read scripture, you would believe that Jesus could come back at any time. And that's what we believe. If he was going to come back at some other point, then we would be looking for the tribulation instead of Jesus. If he were going to come back at some other point, we'd be looking for the Antichrist instead of the Christ. But we believe Jesus could come back at any time. I literally believe that he could come back before I finish this sentence, before this church service is over, before tomorrow. I believe that. And it changes how we live because we believe Jesus could come back at any time. You see that? If you go some of these other routes, then again, you take your attention off of Jesus Christ and you put it on other events or on other, uh, other people. But what we're doing since Jesus could come back at any time, we're watching, we're waiting, we're living for him, which I'll talk about. As I mentioned, we'll go into more detail on the pre-tribulation rapture on Wednesday night. This morning, I want to walk you through the two phases of the Lord's return. If we can get the next slide uh, here. When we talk about the Lord's return, again, you're not going to be able to write all this down because I don't have time to do all that. God gives you hope at gmail.com. I'll send it to you free of charge. You won't get a piece of my shirt or a piece of tie or anything like that. It's just free. We just want to give it to you. That's a little, little joke. When we talk about the Lord's return, watch my hands first. 
there are two phases to the Lord's return, okay? There were often phases in what Jesus was going to accomplish. Remember, he came to earth to die. That was one phase. He's going to come to earth again to rule. And where the disciples and the religious leaders and the nation of Israel got it wrong is they got their timing wrong. They wanted Jesus to come and rule, but they didn't want their Messiah to come and suffer and die on the cross. So there's often phases in, which God, in what God is doing, and that's what we miss sometimes. And so even when we talk about the second coming of Christ, we're talking about the second coming of Christ in two phases. One is the rapture, and one is his return to earth. Okay? Say that. Rapture, return to earth. Those are the two phases here. In the rapture, let's just walk through these. I'm going to go down the first column first. Jesus appears in the air, 1 Thessalonians 4, our scripture. He appears in the air. He returns in secret like a thief. Jesus returns for his church. Jesus comes as a bridegroom. He comes as the deliverer. He comes with grace. He delivers the church from wrath that we've talked about. Living believers receive immortal bodies as they are taken to heaven. That's why we don't have to worry about sinning and falling away from God because when the rapture comes, we receive that new glorified body that we're all looking forward to and all God's people said amen. See? That's why in the millennium, well, in the millennium, we're not going to fall away when the other nations fall away because we've already received our glorified bodies. Do you see that? Salvation sanctification, glorification, all right, all right? So, uh, church from wrath, mortal, the world is left unjudged. The world continues in sin. The rapture is, addresses only the saved. Only the saved will be taken into heaven. The rapture can happen at any moment, and the devil continues his evil reign. In fact, it gets worse, right? Imagine, I mean, we look at things now how bad they are, but think about it. Just in the United States of America, with all of our problems and difficulties, do you realize there are tens of millions of people that are praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Maybe, and this is what I believe, some of the things that we're facing today aren't an absence of God's presence it's actually because of God's presence that his kingdom is coming and it's warring against the kingdom of this world and it's causing the conflict that we're caught in right now. When I see everything that's going on, I don't see an absence of God. I see the presence of God and the devil is against it and he's working against the kingdom of God. All right? So then, so now we have tens of millions of people and in the world, there are billions of people that are praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God is answering those prayers. But imagine when the church is taken out. Can you imagine the evil that's going to take place when the church is removed? I mean, the evil that we see now is almost beyond our comprehension. Imagine what it's going to be like when the church is removed. The enemy is going to continue to be in charge of the kingdoms of this world, but not forever. That's where, right, the rapture and his return. His return, which we'll discuss later in this series, Jesus will return to earth. Revelation 19, 11 
through 16, that's where he comes uh, with a sash that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords riding on a white horse with all of his, with all of us because we've been with him, okay? We went up to him and now we're coming back with him to earth, okay? You still, you okay? There's a lot here, okay? And that'll usher in the millennial period, okay? So watch, when he returns, returns after the seven-year tribulation, he'll return to earth. He'll set foot on the earth. Jesus returns openly. Jesus returns with his church. Jesus comes as king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus comes as a warrior and judge. He comes with wrath and grace. Jesus delivers believers of the tribulation who endured wrath. Will people be saved in the tribulation? Yes, they will. The Bible teaches that clearly. I've had people tell me, they didn't want to live for God now. They're just going to wait. People have literally said this. They're going to wait. And if they miss the rapture, then they just won't receive the mark of the beast. And my first thought is the same as yours. Listen, if you can't live for Jesus now, you're not going to be able to live for Jesus then. I mean, it's, a, it's easy to live for Jesus now. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. Sorry. It goes along with this. Ain't nobody. Uh, nobody's waiting outside to, you know, kill you. We can live for Jesus now if we want to, okay? Uh, but then, I mean, it's, but there will be people saved. We know that. There will be a, a sense of uh, revival during the tribulation. So when he comes again, all of those people then will be saved. I just want to go up the first time. I want to go up the first time and be transformed. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, Okay. And that should be our desire. Okay, living believers remain mortal on earth during the time of the millennium because they haven't received their glorified body. See, we got our glorified body when we went up. Those that stay, they're still mortal. All right. Uh, the world is judged. Righteousness is established. Do, do you know what happens at the end of the millennium? Does anybody know? What happens at the end of the millennium? Satan is loosed, and then what do the nations do? They, they turn on Jesus all over again. <laughs> the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. We say, people say that they want righteousness. They want justice. No, people don't want justice. They want justice for other people and mercy for themselves. When Jesus actually brings righteousness and justice, real righteousness and justice, people are still going to hate him. Still going to hate him because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. And as soon as Satan is released, they'll turn on Jesus all over again. Right? That'll be the final battle, which is really not a battle because Jesus just wins. <laughs> just wins. Okay? Uh, okay. Uh, righteousness established. Addresses saved and unsaved. Many signs must first occur before the return of Christ and the devil is cast into the abyss, the, 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 the pit. That's what ushers in the millennium period. Okay, let me give you three points here to chew on. You good? Number one, Jesus is coming back. And why is he coming back? Why do I believe so strongly that he's coming back? Because he said he was coming back. That's why. If I believe anything that Jesus said, then I have to believe he's coming back because he said he would. One of my favorite scriptures in all of scripture is John 14, 3. Sarah and I were repeating it uh, this morning. We learned it from the same song, okay? 
Now, Sarah, help me with the words a little bit. But when I was a kid uh, growing up in Sunday school, we, had, we would sing songs, and they still do now. It's just on the screen, and it's dreamed, and it's, you know, fancy and, and all that, because that's what they're used to now. Things, times change. But back in my day, we had these large books that the songs would be on, and then you'd have to flip the page. How many remember that? Wow. Am I, only Liz? I'm in Liz's age category now. What? I have one birthday, and the next thing you know, that's hurtful. So this song was called The Countdown. The Countdown. And I used to love to sing this more than Deep and Wide, more than uh, Joshua Fought the Battle of Jericho. How many know those songs? Okay, good. Whew. <laughs> I was about ready to take a nap. <laughs> but the countdown was my favorite, 10 and 9, 8 and 7, 6 and 5 and 4. Call upon the Savior while you may. 3 and 2 coming through the clouds on brighter day. The countdown's getting closer every day. And then we would go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Three, two, one, blast off the countdown. But at the end of that book, after the song was done, and we'd sing it through a couple times, there was a scripture verse, and it was this one, John 14, 3. And this is the King James Version. This is how long ago I learned it. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is coming back because Jesus said he's coming back, and I believe him. I have a, an echo show on my desk where my computer is, and that's where I can video call my mom. And so... Every Sunday, I video call her, and she sits in on our online service because she's not going to church yet. And so she, she listens. And I keep telling her, send her tithes and offerings, but I'm not sure if she does that yet. But I'm going to check. And if she hasn't, I'm not going to. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> but actually, as I was, ta as I was teaching the online uh, service today, I thanked my mom so she could hear it for bringing me to church because here I am, 54 years old, and I still remember one of the most important scriptures because I learned it as a kid. Thank you to all of the parents and all of the grandparents that bring the children to church because what they learn as a young person will remain in their hearts forever. Now, they might not live it all of the time, but what's in there is there to stay because it's the word of God. Thank you to our children's workers that pour your lives into our children from infant all the way through to young adult. Thank you. Thank you because it does make a difference. And you hear all the horror stories about those that grew up in church and that fell away from the Lord, and that is true, and it is a horrible thing. But I just want to be a testimony to the other side that I grew up in church, 
Not only did I survive church, I thrived in church and never been away from the church. And the blessings that God has given me are because of that and because of my parents' faithfulness. So thank you, parents and grandparents, for bringing your children. Okay, number one, Jesus is coming back because he said that he was coming back. Number two, we don't know when he's coming back. Whoever said they knew didn't. Have you lived long enough to experience that yet? All of the dates that were chosen were all wrong. And why were they all wrong? Because no one knows. That's why. And why does no one know? Because Jesus said, no one's going to know. I don't know why people keep picking these dates. We don't know. Matthew 24, 41, two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch. These are Jesus' words in red in your Bible in Matthew 24. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And so he's coming back. We don't know when. The third point flows right from it. We must be ready. Because we don't know when he's coming back. You have to read Matthew 25. Matthew 25 begins. Watch, 24 talks about these end time things. 25 is all about preparedness because then you're going to be judged. Watch, 10 virgins. Do you know the story? They were waiting. Five brought extra oil so they were prepared and five didn't. The bridegroom comes. The five that weren't prepared were shut out. The five that were prepared entered into the joy. The next part of it is the judgment of God where he separates the sheep from the goats. You have to read all of this in context. We must be ready. Matthew 25, 13 says this, therefore keep watch. See if this sounds familiar. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. We must be ready. Those 10 virgins were all part of the same, they all had the same opportunity to enter into the, to, to the, to the groom's joy. And yet five stopped watching. They weren't prepared and they missed it. I don't want anyone that's hearing my voice today, whether here in this room, in the cafe, in the social hall, on YouTube later, being shared amongst family and friends, I don't want anyone to be left behind. I want everyone to know Jesus and to be ready when he comes back. When he returns should be the greatest day of our lives that he's come to completely rescue us, transform us, that we would be like him and be with him for all eternity. But you have to be ready. How do we remain ready? Titus 2, 12 through 13 tells us, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Do you know that most people that fall away from the Lord, they fall away gradually, right? This is what scares the daylights out of me as a pastor through this COVID time, is the people that will fall away. 
Some people, it didn't matter how long they were away from the church building. They continued to serve the Lord, read God's word, and, and grow in their walk with the Lord. Others, without the church, I don't know if I want to say got out of the habit or just got out of it, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're six months away where you haven't even considered the things of God. It's very scary. Most people that fall away, fall away gradually. You don't serve the Lord, born again, spirit-filled, uh, worshiping God in spirit and in truth on Sunday and then fall away on Monday. That's not how it happens. It happens gradually. And this, again, the scary part for a pastor is that church is so important to continue in the church. And, and we still were the church. We had online offerings. We had classes. We had Zoom phone calls. We had anything that if you needed to, we were here. Pastor Rick and I never stopped. We kept regular office hours. We were here. But they found that 43% of church people didn't listen to anything online during the COVID crisis. So let's almost half of our churches listened to nothing, to nothing. That scares me. Because falling away happens gradually, gradually. We must say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And it's our responsibility to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, while we wait for his return. And so I ask you, have you repented? Have you realized that you need a savior? Have you received Christ as the only savior? Have you repented and realized that you've not been living for God and that you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Now watch this. I, I'm only going to go another minute or so. I'm not going to hula hoop. But here's what I want you to do in your own mind and in your own heart. I want you to stop thinking about politics and government and Hollywood and all of these other people out there that are easy to look and see their faults. And I want you to step inside this circle that only fits one. And I want you to take a, a deeper look at your own life. Don't say, well, at least I'm better than my neighbor. Because God's not going to compare you to your neighbor. He's going to compare you to his son. All of us are better than someone else as we look at it in that way. But how do we match up compared to Jesus Christ? If you're a believer, then he's transformed you. And now we've received his righteousness. We're saved. But are we being sanctified? Are we changing in our walk with the Lord? Again, let me reiterate, it's very easy to find the flaws in other people. I want you to, in your own mind and in your own heart, climb inside this circle that only fits you. Have you repented? Have you received? And how do you know that you've done that? Well, there's a moment in time where God saves you and you're born again. And one of the things he does is he changes your desires. That doesn't mean we're perfect. 
That doesn't mean that we have it all together, but it means I want to serve God now, and I want to do what's right, and I'm working hard to move in that direction. Have you changed your desires? Secondly, is your life more like Jesus now than it was before? Because here's the deal. You're his plan on earth right now to live for Jesus and to look like Jesus so that others would know there's a God on the throne that loves them. There is no other plan. You are it. The church is God's plan that we would live for Jesus, that we would look like Jesus, that others would know that there's a God on his throne that wants to extend his love and his grace to them. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. If you're not sure today, today's the day to make sure. And only you can answer these questions. I know the decision I've made, and I'm thankful for it. You believe in Jesus, but do you live for Jesus? A lot of people believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean you're born again. Have your desires changed? Do you want to live for him more than your own desires? We have to answer these questions. Maybe there is a little fear there that he could come back and we're not right with him. That's okay. Let hell be scared out of you. But there's something better than fear in serving the Lord. It's serving him because his ways are so much better than any other way. That the first sermon he preached, Jesus preached, the first word was blessed. Blessed. He wants to bless you. Just living for Jesus is just a better way of life than living for the enemy. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because he's coming. He's coming. If you're a believer, are you living for him? Can anyone else tell that you're a believer? (laughs) Are you living a holy and godly life? Because if you're not, you're headed in the wrong direction. It might not be today. It might not even be tomorrow, but be careful. Be careful. Lord, we close this time by saying, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we say that together? Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.